RLC founder Dave Evans spends time with partners, clients, and friends in the USA talking about all things business. If you are an inspiring business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO, or a coach who wants real advice about what to do in business today and wants to hear frank conversations, then this is the show for you. Real life consultations, challenges, and ideas from all around the world. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consultivation. Uh, we are live. That was quick. Welcome to Consultivation. It is Easter Friday. You probably are noticing if you've just tuned in, we are on a different day. It's because it's Easter week and the RLC UK, UK team are in big production mode. So welcome back to Kevin, who is, uh, you know, I have to do the preamble, Kevin, the president of RLC Los Angeles. Doesn't it sound good, Eric Swick? Yes, you say awesome. Yeah, he's also our VP of RLC Consult, our advisory training program. And we've also got our business strategist back, our resident guy on the show, Mr. Swick from Swick Business Strategies. Eric, good to have you, sir. Yeah, it's good to be back. Although you, where I was last week was fun too, because I was on vacation. You were you were in Mexico, is that correct? Yeah, good old Mexico. It was beautiful. What was it like down there with COVID and stuff? I, 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 uh, how, did, how did you go about traveling? Was it normal? Was it different? Well, what's interesting is it was spring break in most of the U.S., so there was a lot of people traveling. I was at the airport here in Denver and saw more people in the airport than I've ever seen any other time I've traveled. Lots of children, um, but everyone was masked up. Everyone was following the procedures. Um, the plane, when you walk on, they gave you alcohol wipes to wipe down your personal area. I mean, I thought they, they did everything right. And then down there, you know, the resort I was at was at 60% occupancy. So everyone was spread out, even on like by the pool, chairs were not near each other. So I think everyone was trying to make an effort to do the right thing. Well, I'm, I'm glad that. Kevin, did you think for a second ago, that, so when you got on the plane, they gave you alcohol. You did get a slight pause there before he said wipes, didn't he? <laughs> you, you, you read my mind. I thought, what an airline. You get on board and they give you alcohol. It's fantastic. It's funny you say that because they were not serving any alcohol on the plane. And I got a questionnaire from United and I complained. That was the one thing that I made a complaint about that. You good know, man. Good man. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, it's, I'm, well, we're glad to have you back safely, Eric. Yes. I, I've often heard that these resorts in Mexico are doing a world class job, actually, yeah. of keeping places safe, yep. clean, hygienic, and of course, still giving you that chance to have a vacation. So yes. glad, glad to hear you with us. So it is Easter Friday. So what does Easter mean in the US? I mean, over here, it's Easter bunnies, church services, family, um, probably a time for reflection. What's the American version like? Eric, I think you're better qualified than I am. It's, <laughs> it's, it seems to be like another weekend in, in LA. So it's interesting that you're asking me this question because I am Jewish, but my wife is Catholic. So we celebrate all holidays. And to me, Easter in this, it's a renewal. It's like new life, spring. I, I just think, and it coincides with um, my Jewish holiday of Passover because Last Supper was the Passover Seder. And yeah. so that's what I think about, you know, I, ta I think about the Passover a story of my people being freed from slavery and so new beginnings. 
And that's what I think of this holiday season. It's all about new beginnings. A lot of people, we had this discussion, Dave, when it became the new year and talking yeah. about oh, the new year and having new year resolutions. I think more of renewal this time of year, actually. Now I'm looking out my window and I see the daffodils sprouting outside my window as the sun shines on the plants. So that's what I think about it. We do the Easter egg hunts and all that. I'm looking forward to, this is my grandson's first Easter, so I'll see him yeah, on yeah. Sunday and uh you know we'll have fun with him so so kevin are you more about uh you know the easter egg bunny side well well you know i was i was actually talking about this uh, um uh, earlier this morning um easter's such a big deal in the uk and other parts of the world but it's definitely a big deal in the uk because it's a double public holiday so everyone has friday and monday off so it's a four-day weekend um, and of course, there's a religious significance to it, um, and it is the start of spring, um, and the clocks have gone forward and, and stuff like that. So there's more daylight. Um, so it's a it's a it's a definite um, you know stake in the ground for um, for for kind of moving on. Um, but over here, I mean, I've, LA is maybe not the best example, but you know, no one really takes time off. It's not a it's not a bank holiday weekend. Um, uh, it, it does have that religious significance for those who you know, want to know that. Um, but it's it's sort of situation as normal. I I, I think you know if 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 I, you know, for example if I spoke to my clients and said oh you probably don't want me to call on Friday because it's Good Friday they would kind of say what yeah you know it's just another day. It is, it's interesting, isn't it? Because most of most of the people we've, we're talking to in the UK this week said, well, well, what are you up to on Friday? And actually, the answer is, is exactly what you just described. Well, we're talking to our American friends and we've got work to do. And right. so, so, so there's that fine balance. Whereas, you know, I, I'm not complaining. I do take off, you know, President's Day and other stuff that you do in the US because it suits me, Eric, right? So yes, that's why, why not? There's a trade here. Although I must get better at it and take all of the days off. Um, no, I, th no I, think I, will, I will say this, Dave. There's a distinct lack of chocolate over here because <laughs> one of one of the one of the um, rituals, uh, Eric, is that we have um, chocolate Easter eggs. Oh yeah. So, so you know, for the kids. Um, yeah. So there's there's a it, it's like Valentine's Day. There's a there's an industry behind it now. Yeah. Um, so kids get chocolate Easter eggs, of which, of course, parents take some benefit from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've always but, had nothing, nothing like that. Yeah. Any reason to have chocolate, we'll have chocolate. So yes. Oh, look at this. Oh, Dave, don't, don't, don't. Do you know that? I have to tell you, I, I've never seen this. I don't know even if it knows it. Don't even know if it exists. Could you imagine a Tunnock's Easter egg? Oh. What a great idea. Oh, I might have to write to them again. I'm have to write to Mr. Tunnock and say, hey, listen, would you make me an Easter egg? Because that would be the you best know, Easter egg in you know, the world. You know, when, you know when you lift up the um, packaging of a Tunnock's uh, wafer bar and it says something like, you know, X million made every day. Yeah. I don't know what the number is now, but I remember when it was like 2 million. Huh. Let's let's reveal this live on Consultivation. Those of you who are listening, Consultivation is about consultants and friends getting together from RLC to talk about 
business issues around the world. Here is an important issue. Kevin, it's six million. Six million. I mean, six million. In my lifetime, it's tripled. Yeah. <laughs> and you've done your part to help? Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> there's, a, there's another interesting fact with Tunnox that you can actually take the amount that are uh, made and you can go the length of uh, length of Scotland, the length of Britain with them, uh, you know, literally one bar at a time. It's quite impressive every year. Anyway, so we're talking about Easter. We're talking yeah. about a time. I, I love what you say, Kevin. It is a time for reflection. It is a time for optimism as well, I think. So optimism in the sense of, you know, the rest of the year is coming. And a chance really to just catch our breaths before we get heavily into the year. And with that in mind today, I'd like us to talk about a really massive subject for about 20 minutes. And that is about the power of our beliefs in, you know, personally and in businesses. And, you know, from, from your guys' perspective, how important are beliefs? I, I, I think, I think, I, I think it's really important. Um, you know, I look back at my career and I had um, beliefs that weren't that weren't um, upfront to me. I, I ran on a set of beliefs that were kind of unconscious bias beliefs, um, and I and I wish somebody had taken me by the scruff of the neck and say, "You do this because you believe in this." Yeah. And I, and I think that gives you impetus. I think it gives you direction. I think it gives you energy. Um, and and I spend a, you know with my coaching clients, I spend a lot of time invisibly talking about beliefs. So why are you doing this? Yeah. And what's motivating you to do this? Uh, and once you get people you know switched on to it all, it is hugely energizing. I, I totally agree with you. And, and Eric, I find that most people talk about these two words. Um, and mm -hmm. and it, what, what interests me, right, is you'll see a leader or a company owner talking about attitude and behavior, right? Uh, but what they're, and what they're asking of the actual person is to change a belief set. But instead of talking about the belief set, they talk about an attitude change. And it's like, if I say to you, Kevin, I want you to change, I want, I'd love it if you could change your attitude, please. And you're going, well, I want to, well, I want to, but I have no idea how <laughs> until I deal with beliefs. Yeah. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, I think a lot of the beliefs that I have, it all stems from my raising and how I was raised and, you know, the, the environment I grew up in. I think it had a big influence. I think other people have an influence where, you know, because of maybe they didn't have a great childhood or a raising, and I've talked to people like that, that their beliefs are formed because they don't want to be like that. And it's just the opposite of what they grew up with. But I think it all starts at a young age. The other thing that I think about when you talk about these things is I think about mindset, because I think your mindset is really shaped by your beliefs, right? And, and yep. And what you were just talking about, being able to change that, I think you're able to change it. It's just, it's not just you can't build it on someone. You have to work with them. And there's ways and tools and techniques that, you know, we've learned through RLC to help people with, you know, if you're not getting the results you want, then maybe it's because of some of those beliefs that you have or, you know, um, your attitude that needs maybe some adjustment. 
I, I often find that your point is so on the money that we often, we often as owners or leaders look at people and the work they do and you might find yourself frustrated. You know, why is it not progressing quick enough? Why isn't somebody grasping something? Uh, why is the performance not quite where we would like it to be? And you know what I find it often is? We just haven't cemented the belief or the why part of the belief that this part's important. So the person's probably got their own things they're trying to do better. Yeah. And that, that lack of commitment that you might be seeing and what you've asked for is you haven't done the belief work. You yeah. know, they're not aligned with you. Yeah. I think that and I think that happens, you know, many more times than you think. And and, yeah. and to me, um, a danger or a, or a warning flag is the fact that millennials, you know, more than 50% of the working population nowadays, they are strongly about belief. You know, yeah. I, come, I come to work um, and it's not just a nine to five job to me. I want to believe in something. Yeah. So just talking about attitude and kind of, you know, you know, shape up or ship out sort of thing doesn't work for them. They want yeah. to believe in something that the firm is doing. They want yeah. to believe in the direction and the goodness of the firm, um, and that makes them stick. Yeah. And so that makes them more productive and so on and so forth. Um, but if you don't have that belief there, um, uh, that things fall apart. I often find when, you know, um, when I'm talking to clients about when they're onboarding new people, they completely forget about the belief side of it all. Yeah. So, you know, what is our company culture? What do we stand for? What's our mission? What do we believe in? They kind of miss that bit. They talk about pay and rations and, and you know, stuff, you know, our holidays and, you know, benefits. But the belief part is often missing. And it's the yeah. most important thing, I think. Yeah. And I, I actually think, Kevin, it is. And I, I, would, I would like to, uh, you know, stay on this path for a minute. And let's, let's deal with this attitude and behavior stuff because... Yes, they're important, but they're the middle section, right? So there's something we coach at RLC all the time, which is about the right beliefs shape the right attitude, shape the right behavior equals better results. And we, we coach it almost in every program. So, you know, those, those who have been with us will know, we always deal with the I factor. There's the I factor in the program. We deal with you or me or myself, the world within. And, and that's where a belief comes in. It's inside your head. It's, a, it's an emotional, spiritual decision. It's a choice. And therefore, if you're dealing with attitude and behavior and they're sat in the middle, you're dealing with the wrong part. You're dealing with symptoms rather than cause. And yeah. to get somebody to act, to get somebody to believe in something, they're more likely to act in faith and move towards it, even if they really are uncomfortable when you deal with beliefs. Now, let's talk about another chunky part of this subject. So, it's one thing to talk about it. The other thing is to say, well, how do you build useful or better beliefs? Now, I do have two answers to share on this, so, but let's talk about it a little bit first. How do you actually do it? What, what do you think the most common sense first step might be? I, I think you act it. You, you, you do what you say you're going to do. Um, I'll I, give you an example. I worked for Nissan for a couple of years in the, in the UK. <clears throat> and they built a new plant in the northeast of England. Um, and the northeast of England traditionally is shipbuilding and coal mining and yep. you know, heavily unionized and all of that sort of you know, traditional industries. 
And so people thought they were mad to do that. Um, but they built a plant and they brought in a belief system which was basically built around the Kaizen um, continuous improvement principle. And, uh, and when I took my dealers there, because I was responsible for the dealer side of the business, um, frankly, I, I, I couldn't understand what the hell was going on. Because yeah. I was used to, I used to work for Ford before then. And so I was used to Ford plants, which were traditional, mucky, you know, wolf whistling, um, unionized, you know, everybody out, you know, at, at, at any occasion. Um, uh, and then we went into this Nissan plant, which was new, which is great. Um, but they just had a different attitude based on different beliefs. Yeah. And, and they were the most, it, it became the most productive plant in the world for Nissan. And it's still there today. And uh, it's a big employer in a slightly depressed part of the country. And it was all based around belief system, which drove attitude and behavior. You know, I, I kind of take a little bit different look at this question, though, Dave, that you have here. And I think, you know, to build useful or better beliefs, I think you first have to be open to be willing to accept that maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to see things differently. I think about this just personally for myself and the things that you and Debbie have actually made me think differently about. And I think that's really important before you can even ever think about changing or adding to your belief system. You have to be open to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's great. That's great comments again, Eric, because you, you have to be ready to it. You know, how many yeah. times you work with somebody in your team and you, so you know that old saying, you can't lead a horse to water. Yeah. And, you do everything that you can, but if the person's not ready, they're just not ready, you know, yeah. and, and, and you have to just wait. Um, I'm going to share with you two really simple steps. Now, uh, step one, right, of how do you build useful or better beliefs? Here's step one. It's a shocker. It's an absolute shocker. Write down your existing beliefs. Oh, my gosh. Kevin, I love your facial expression. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, it was that good. I should take a photo and hang it in a gallery. It's brilliant. Right, there you go. Step one is to write them down. You know, the amount of people we meet, you say, what are your beliefs? And they don't know, oh. right? They just don't know. And, and listen, what we're gonna also let you know, that's normal, right, for people not to know. But it's so important to know what your beliefs are, right? What do you think step two might be? Uh, act on them. Close. Uh, Walk step the talk. That's, that's a good suggestion, Kev. Uh, next one is review them, right? And, and actually, as part of reviewing your beliefs, you're actually looking at, are they fit for purpose? Are they going to deliver what you dream about? You know, are they going to deliver the changes you always talk about? Are they going to deliver the things that you maybe spend time thinking through? Because if they're not, you might have to adjust them. And the first step of adjusting them, guess what? It's step one again. Write down your adjustment. Yeah. Right now, we are being so scientific today. If you're listening, <laughs> we are. This is coaching 101 of beliefs, isn't it? Get rid of limiting ones, start using new, uh, empowering beliefs. So, glad we talked about this for a minute. Uh, I've also got uh, something else to share with you about this. 
Once you've decided to review your beliefs by writing them down and start to review them and change the ones that maybe aren't as useful to you as you'd like them to be, the next actual step is really easy. Is when you start writing down a belief initially, start it with I am blank. Kevin, that's not an opportunity for comedy. All right, I am blank. Um, right, but it is, I am whatever it is you decide you want to be. Yeah. Because the first step is convincing yourself, isn't it? Yeah, it you is. Know, I find, I find the, your two steps very interesting because I think as you go through different phases of life, your beliefs definitely do change. Yeah. When I was young and in college or before I had a family, my beliefs were very different than when I had a family. I'm, you know, and I have different responsibilities. You know, and then owning a company and having people that depended on me to, you know, for their salaries and whatnot. You know, your beliefs change, I think. So I think it's great point that it's something you should review over and over. It's not a one time thing. I wonder what I wonder what Will I Am thinks of this. I know, isn't that a brilliant name though? Brilliance, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, because you preloaded with a good attitude. Right, now, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the other thing I want to talk to you about in a second is another special acronym from RLC. You know, we like those occasionally. Is uh, when you decide I am, you can do I can. You like that? <laughs> We've got a UK client who talks about I can care and care of their value set, um, which I really quite like. But we talk, we're talking about this as when you decide I am, you're much more likely to be able to do I can. And I can is, a, I think, is an attitude. Mm. It's also a tool. It's also a tool that we use, depending on who the client is, where you use the word can for choices, actions, and now. Right? Really simple. You know, what choices do I have? What actions can I take? When can I do them? Well, listen, do them now. Right? Yeah. It's, seize the day you're in and all that. So, um, what is... And I am, that's important to you, Kevin and Eric. I am, etc. Right, a few episodes ago, I talked about being an energist and an ultimist. Uh, two words I invented for myself. Um, but what what is an I am to you? Well, to me, <clears throat> the first one that comes to my mind is I am compassionate. Yeah. I think about other people and I care about other people. Um, I think that's important. I, I wish more people in this world would be that way. Um, but that, that's what I come to. And that's what I, you know, people tell me that about myself as well. So I know that's who I am. That's, that's fantastic. It's a great trait, Eric. What about you, Katie? I, well, it, it's actually in a similar sort of a vein. Maybe that's why we're all in this business together, but, uh, I am, a, I am a giver, not a taker. Um, you know, uh, and that's important to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't. I was going to say I sacrifice myself, but that's a bit too strong, probably, um, because I'm, I'm also selfish like other people. But I, I tend to, you know, I, I tend to share. I tend to give. I tend to. I, I like teaching. You know, I, I like to do all those things. I like to get the best out of others. Um, uh, um, but, you know, because I see that part of my purpose. Uh, you know, um, you know, because when you say that. David said earlier that a lot of people don't have beliefs that they've written down. 
I think a lot of people don't have a purpose that they've written down or a why that they've written down. Yeah. Good. I, 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 I think that we're highlighting things here today, Kevin and Eric, that people can actually do. And writing down your purpose is the same. My purpose is going to be or is this, you know. And and you've, the assumption we've made there is someone's written it down, you know. What an old-fashioned <laughs> feeling. I remember, right, being on a retail development management program in the days of RMDP, right? at Dixon's group many years ago. And this trainer stood in front of the room and said the following sentence. Um, if you write down a goal, you're much more likely to attain it. And, and, and I'm listening to this going, <coughs> yeah, you know, sarcastic, you know, senior manager going, yeah. But then I realized what have I got to lose and yeah. wrote something down that was massive. And what happened was 90 days later, I attained it. Yeah. Annoying as it is, isn't it? It's so simple, but it's true. It's out of here, it's down here, and then you start to create the solutions in here towards what it is you've written down. Yeah, 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 I, I, I agree. I mean, you and I, uh, Dave, uh, and maybe you, Eric, as well, but, you know, when we use our fast-forward um, technique, you know, getting people to write down goals in a particular way, just the act of writing them down, what do you want to do, what do you want to achieve in business and in personal life, um, it's a it's a great reinforcer of of committing yourself to them and then doing them. Yeah, it works. It works all the time to me, all the time. Yeah, Kevin, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking of all the different mind changer type of techniques that you could use, and several of them are yeah, writing it down, just like what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely true, and and that's why today I think, particularly given it's Easter, uh, Kevin, I'm glad you hit the brakes with your sacrificial side, given it's Good <laughs> Friday as well. There, I, I was going to go. That's impressive, but the. Uh, the thing, the thing for me, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's entirely unbelievable. Yeah, um, but I, I think I think the important part here today is as people start to reflect this Easter and they start to have time with their families outside, socially distanced, or whatever the rules are where you are, is notice the things you're grateful for. Notice the beliefs you might have about your own latent, which means natural uh, potential. Are your beliefs useful to you? And if they're not, what would happen if you change them for slightly better ones? And we have shared with you today to write them down, review them. And if you want to change them, write them down again in a better form. Yet, and I want to finish there. This attitude of I can is, is a big subject. And I want to bring up the most powerful affirmation in the universe. There are two that exist. Here, it for me, is number one. And that is a whole decision you can make, right? That says, I am whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy, right? If you could make that decision this Easter, even if you're thinking, yeah, I'm not quite there, what would happen if you committed yourself to that for the rest of this year, to say that every day, you know, every morning, every night? What do you think would eventually happen? you would become exactly that. You would. Yes, I agree with that. And, and who doesn't want to feel like that? And that's, I, I think it's an RLC together as a team, gift to the universe, 
gift to our listeners, gift to those watching, however you choose to join us for consultation, to actually think about what would happen if you took this mantra and put it into your daily routine from now on and made it part of your day. And here's, here's a secret that most people aren't aware of. I currently do this every day when I'm doing my teeth. Every day. This is the thing that I turn to to program my subconscious so it has a reflex consciously when I need it most. Does that make sense? Yes. Makes complete sense. I, I, have, a, I have a client who um, he heads up a, a not not a non-profit um, and he was telling me about you know he does affirmations in the morning when he's cleaning his teeth um, yeah. and, and so we did the fast forward goal setting stuff and so he's added those on to mm. his affirmations and it's really powerful to see the difference in the person who's gone from being a sort of you know lacking self-esteem a little bit diffident to taking charge taking control of himself and his environment. It's 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 a it's a joy to watch. Joy. You know, it's one of the greatest things. So somebody called me today and said that they finally, at a critical point in their life, have realized that they're gonna have the next celebration this weekend, uh, for the first time uh, going into this weekend for Easter, that they're ready to live their life. Uh, this is me, you know, from the greatest showman. And I, I was absolutely punching the air going, that is an extraordinary discovery. Mm -hmm. No matter how old they are, they're certainly not young. Uh, but what what a thing to take into this Easter weekend. They finally realised it's uh, it's about time. And they spent time thinking about, this is me. That's a great point, Dave, because I think we get caught up in the day-to-day, -day, the, the, the rat race, whatever you want to call it, and we don't take the time to just think about me, think about yourself and have these thoughts. Um, and you've taught me to spend a lot of time doing this over the last year or two. So I think it's an important point. Well, to me, the, jo the joy of coaching is all about unlocking. Um, and so you're unlocking potential, you're unlocking attitudes, you're unlocking beliefs. Um, which may have been invisible below the surface, but were still there. Yeah. But you're just unlocking them. And I think that is so empowering for individuals. Yep, I agree. I, I think this has been a super conversation today. And I hope those listening realize that our intention this Easter, Good Friday, is to give you something to think about that's positive, that's constructive, that will hopefully allow you in your reflections to think about what your beliefs are show you how you can make a couple of easy changes, then work out some of the easy small steps. And most importantly, like you've heard Eric and, and Kevin talk about here today, put it into your daily process to change the thoughts that you want to change and commit yourself to them. Because if you're living your life today, which most of us are, and you're not the main character in your blockbuster movie, then ask yourself, who is? And on that note, Let's bring this episode to a close. This has been about Easter reflections and building your belief structure. Kevin, may I thank you for your time, sir? Of course. And Eric, it's great to have you back with us safely. Thank you for your time. Yes, thank you. This has been wonderful. 
and see you all once again on the next episode of Consultivation. Every success with your learning. Thank you for listening to Consultivations, brought to you by RLC Global, helping you become a best version business. If you want any help from the conversations in the show today, please reach out to info at rlc-global.com and one of our team would be delighted to talk with you. Go to rlcglobal.group for more information and free content designed to help you.